Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This podcast is part of the How We Are Network. For information on this episode and many other like-minded shows, visit howweare.org. That's H-O-W-W-E-A-R-E dot O-R-G. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. Thank you for joining us on this fine afternoon, morning, night, whenever you're listening to this. I know a lot of people listen at work. What are you doing? Are you able to be productive while I am talking to you? I know myself, I can't listen to podcasts or anybody talking to me while I'm like working, whether it's writing emails or whatever the case may be. It just distracts me. Kudos. I appreciate that. On the episode today is John Vigil, the vocalist slash frontman slash hype dude. Uh, yeah, I guess he's a hype dude because essentially that's kind of what vocalists are for a band called The Ghost Inside, a modern metalcore, hardcore, whatever you'd like to label them as, something core. More on him in a minute let's talk some business and get some stuff out of the way i don't know if you noticed last week but we had a we had a cool ad audible yeah why don't you sign up for a free book audiblepodcast.com backslash 100 words that was just a free plug for them but if they see that a lot of people have signed up for them it gets you a free book then it helps the show they will take out more ads and just make me millions of dollars because that's essentially all i'm in it for 
propertyofzach.com, our continued partners. They post the show. We love their website. They post information about new releases, tours, whatever you need from independent music, find there, propertyofzach.com. Review the show. Go to the iTunes store, write some nice words. We've had some people picking up the pace recently in the new year, and I am paying attention to you, so thank you very much. There's, there's people who are giving shout-outs in their review to me in regards to, oh, I know you read this, so hey, what's up? <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, visit the website, 100wordspodcast.com. You'll find some other tidbits that happen throughout the week. Just another place to hang out. And I, I like hanging out. But there are a lot of other changes that are coming to the show. People have been emailing me, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com, some, uh, you know, t- changes. Whether they'd like to see something more, something less, different guests, whatever the case may be, I'm kind of trying to incorporate some of that. So if you have suggestions, please email the show. Always love to hear from you. Something else that's been on my mind recently, I just took a trip to the beautiful island of Maui in Hawaii, was able to uh, you know unplug and focus on real life stuff for a moment and you know actually enjoy my family and hang out with my parents and my wife and my kid and all that other stuff. It was so nice to be able to do that. I know it sounds stupid where it's like, oh yeah, vacation, of course it's nice. You're in fucking Hawaii, like that's great. But to be able to kind of like look at things in a new light and look at something that is such a stable thing in your life and get excited about it. Um, whether that's like a relationship, I mean, for me, that's, that's what it was. Or whether it was, you know, whether it's something else in your life that's, you know, whether it's your parents or whatever. Something that's like, it's been in my life forever. How the fuck do I get excited about that again? And it's funny because it's like, you know, here we are 90 some odd episodes into a podcast. So that's like, you know, a lot of time that I've been able to do this and a lot of you have shared on that journey. And it's like, how do you get excited about this? That's kind of one of the topics of conversation that I actually have with John this week is just like, you know, how do you stay excited about something that you're so entrenched in for such a long period of time? It's either you have to do it yourself, whether, you know, a a shifting of perspective or whether that's like rededicating yourself to whatever it is that you're into, just being like, okay, kind of a rut right now. I'm going to push through it and I'm going to do what I can to make this new, make this fresh, make this exciting. Because after all, that's what life is about. You kind of need that push because otherwise, if you fall in the rut and stay in the rut, I mean, you're in it. Life sucks. You're in this maze and you constantly go around not having any sort of real true joy and just kind of, you know, whatever existing. And like, that's the worst. And that's over the, you know, maybe the past four or five months, I've kind of felt that in some ways. And so I am fucking pumped. So I just wanted to share that with you. John Vigil. So I have known him for quite some time and I had him on a previous podcast that I did with some friends. He's just, uh, he's a very introspective and thoughtful guy and I was excited to have him. He came over to my house and um, we had a very, very nice chat, even though we chatted about some super heavy stuff. It uh, it was all very meaningful, and I learned a lot about him, and um, I think you will enjoy it. I mean, for one, he's obviously in a popular band, but for two, he's definitely a real dude. When I say these people, a, a lot of us have a tendency to put people in bands on some sort of weird pedestal where it's like, oh, yeah, they're, that's who they are. And yeah, they're real humans, but, you know, we don't have a tendency to like think about people in that perspective. So that's what the whole point of this show it's to basically just be like, you know, this, whatever struggles you're having are exactly what all of us are having. Because of that, it makes, you know, and myself included, you know, feel less alone. You're like, okay, we're all in this kind of weird life struggle together. So 
Anyways, without further delay, here is my conversation with John Vigil, and I will talk to you afterwards. No, I think that kid. I see that kid every show. He sucks. No, it was. It's actually quite the contrary because, like, it's one of those things. I mean, I'm sure you see this obviously from yourself at shows where it's like. The, the impression that I always got of you was just like, I mean, I obviously completely and for every right reason, you know, you were just like, oh, you're one of those El Segundo kids. Yeah. And it was always this instantaneously that area was supportive of Taken, mm-hmm. just like more so than Orange County, like because that they were obviously into the, you know, bleeding through and throwdowns, not like. I don't know. It was just weird. It was like, oh, why are these kids from like the South Bay just like, yeah, like we love what you got going on. It was cool. But and so I obviously put you as a part of that. But the thing that always struck me about you individually was just like. You were enthusiastic, but you were, like, I guess, for lack of a better term, like, cool about it. You had this, like, balance about yourself where you were, like, you know, like, I didn't feel like you were going up to me and, like, punishing me or anything yeah. like that. Because, I mean, you know, like... I made it a very, very good point to not do that, you know? And, and it, yeah. it, it, it's weird to have that. Because, I mean, I think everybody goes through that, like, no matter where you're at in your life, where you're just like, man, I really like the work that, that person does, but then I don't want to do that. But, like, when you're young, you very rarely yeah, have a yeah. filter. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, True. oh, here's everything! Yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah no, dude, I, I know it's exactly what you mean, man. <laughs> and the, but I, I just, it, it was something that struck me, like, so whatever. I mean, wh- whether I attribute it to maturity or you having the cognizance to be like, nah, okay, I should, like, I'll make myself known, like, yeah. we're cool, like, because you see me everywhere, but yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not going to do yeah. that to you. And I think that the thing that impressed me about that was, like, Obviously, once I started to see you, you know, like start a band up and like start to get out there and like, you know, just do it. It was one of those things where it was like that enthusiasm translated to that because some people have that enthusiasm really quickly and then they're gone within a year. Yeah. I wouldn't say like a lot of people that you came up with, but a lot of people that, you know, just get independent music yep. at that age, they get burnt out so quickly. And Absolutely. I mean, it's like, do you, is it one of those things where it's like, Obviously, you, I mean, you've been in it so long that you're not ever going to give up. But what kind of like kept you in that to where you didn't get like burnt out or jaded or anything from that perspective initially? The, the feeling I got from going to shows and stuff like like it's kind of I almost can't describe it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know the feeling of seeing you know uh, like looking forward to a show you know weeks months you know mm-hmm. in advance and, and finally getting there and then just feeling like. Uh, just the excitement, like, just overtake you, you know? Like, um, I mean, I don't want to use, I don't mean to use taking as a reference, okay. but like, you know, going to take shows. I'll take shows, it, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> but going to taking shows, you know, like, I, like, I would get chills, like, watching you guys play, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. like, 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 I remember the first time I heard, you know, Best I Had, I was like, blown away. Like, right. I was like, I didn't know, like, I didn't understand that music could give that feeling to anybody, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that was one of the first songs that I ever really noticed it with, with about, like, I just, like, the feeling I got from that, like, I didn't ever want to, like, because at the time I was, you know, I mean, even now I'm straight edge, you know, yeah. at the time I was straight edge and I didn't really have an outlet to like, kind of like surround myself with something like mm-hmm. I did with music, you know, right, like right, I, right. I couldn't be so like, a lot of, you know, some of my friends who were in so much in the scene, like got real big into drugs or got real big into sports or right. you know, nothing really kind of grabbed me. And then, and then, you know, music and going to shows like that just, opened it up just, it, dude, yeah. it just, it was just like, that's all it was. It's yeah. all I like, yeah. you know, and it, and it, and it, I mean, for people like you and I, like, it is weird to see that, that whole, like like that whole burnout where it's just like people do. Cause like, obviously this is what we are involved in is youth culture based. And by the time that you're of a reasonable age between 22 and 25, you're expected to move on in some capacity. hundred percent. And it, it's always 
you know, and so it's like you don't look at those people, you don't look at people that do that and you're just like, oh, why'd you do that? And you're like, why am I still doing it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. That, that, that self-reflection, you're like, yeah. how come I haven't moved on from this? Yeah, 100%. I've, I've, I've definitely looked back at the times where, you know, the, the kind of music friends that I grew up with kind of dwindled and, you yeah. know, like, like exponentially. And right. it makes sense, you know, people are like, you know, this is fun, but I, I, I can't do this for the rest of my life, you know? Right, right, right. I, I think it takes, um, you know, certain kind of people who can do this for the rest of their lives, whether it's in one field or another, whether it's starting a label or, right. you know, working for a, you know, a, a band or being in a band or something like to, to surround yourself with something like this. It's, I think it's, it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And when you first get into music, you like, it's, it's something that it's, you feel the camaraderie and you feel like it's your world. And then once you kind of see that there's more to the world than just yeah. the music scene, then you're like, okay. And then I, you know, I, I can, I can keep this here and visit right. it when I want to, but I got this other stuff going on, you know? Right, right, right. And for me, it's like, you know, as corny as it sounds, like all I've ever really wanted to do was to, to be in a band. My father was a musician and played in bands his whole life. And, and I remember going to see his, him play and I was just like, oh, I really want to do this. This is so cool, you know? What's your, what style of music did he play? Um, he, I mean, obviously hardcore. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> clearly hardcore. Clearly hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> It's funny because he he never really played original music. He was right, only in really cover, bands, cover yeah. bands, yeah. But he, which is common of that generation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He he was in. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, he's in a Rolling Stones cover band called the Rolling Clones. Uh, I was gonna say because it's like you have the you know the Iron Maidens. Like yeah, you, have, you just have these little tweaks, but they're just so good. Yeah. So, so he was okay. in the Rolling Clones. Love it. And uh, you know, I'd, I'd see him go play a bar sometimes, and you know, when I was younger, and and what did he? What did, did he play guitar? He played guitar, yeah. Nice. He played guitar and did backup backup singing. And sure. He, uh, I saw him play it like, yeah, I think he played it uh, Six Flags or Knott's Berry Farm one time, and I thought I was like, I was like, oh my dad's a rock star. Yeah, like, I was like, he made it. He's like, this is the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I don't know, just being there, I was like, I, you know. How old were you at that time when you started to like witness your dad play on stage? I was young. I yeah. was probably like ten. Okay. Yeah, 10, yeah, 11. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so enough, was, enough to be aware of what yeah, was happening. Yeah. I was yeah. a real impressionable age too, you know. Like, sure. a, 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 you know, I think a lot of people kind of that's the start of when they get into something big. You know, their early teens. You know, oh, totally. Young the the formative years. Of where, yeah, when you yeah. have when you have stuff to when you have stuff that you start to kind of you know crack your head open a little and be like, whoa, whoa, like, what's that? Yeah, like, it starts to tickle something. And you're just like, I wasn't aware that that yeah. existed. Were you born like born and raised in the the South Bay area? Uh, well. I was born in the South Bay, and then we had moved to the Valley. So I lived in uh, Thousand Oaks. Okay, yeah. Kind of like Ventura area. Sure, sure. Until I was in, I think, uh, fifth grade, and then I moved to um, El Segundo, which okay. is right by the LAX airport in the South Bay and stuff. So I've lived there since then. And, Why um, did what, what what precipitated the move like to the Valley and then back to El Segundo? Uh, my dad was he worked he was a plumber. Okay. And he got a very big promotion, kind of going from being kind of like an I guess an underling kind of thing to. Sure you know, manning his own truck to, oh, yeah, to yeah. being kind of like a head guy. So mm-hmm. he, um, you know, took the job and it kind of, he didn't want to commute anymore either because he was commuting for a while. He was kind of oh, driving from yeah. the valley to the South Bay, back to the valley every day. And I was brutal. And, and he hated it. He was like, this is terrible. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he, uh, yeah, we should move to the South Bay. And did your, uh, what did your mom do for a living? Uh, at the time, my mom was just, uh, just a homemaker. She, right, didn't, right. she didn't have a job. She was just Took care of me and my brother. Right, keeping you guys in check. Yeah, yeah keeping yeah, us yeah. in line. You know? Right, right, right. Um, and your, your brother was younger? Right? My brother was younger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool dynamic because, you know, we always had some a parent there to right. kind of help us with whatever we need help with. And, you know, when dad got home, you know, we'd have dinner together and stuff. So it was a... Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty 
tight family structure yeah, yeah, from that absolutely, perspective. Absolutely. So then, yeah, as you as you obviously started to grow up and, you know, your head started to be cracked open in regards to, you know, the idea of, like, immediately identifying, like, because it's interesting that you say that because usually it's like, I mean, I guess that that age, you, your dad is still your hero in the sense, like, you haven't hated him yet, like, you know, because obviously yeah. everybody goes to that the, phase the of, The like, angsty teen. Yeah, like, like, oh, I'm, 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 whatever, my yeah. They don't get me. They don't understand yeah. me. Of course, whatever my dad's to do is the worst. So, uh, yeah, that was obviously precipitate, or, you know, before that. Um, but it's just interesting that you saw that and you were just like, yeah, man, I want to do what my dad does. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was just so, he, I was so into it. Did he ever like, once you obviously started to, you know, attempt to start bands and do that, like did, was he super pumped that you were doing oh, that? Supportive from the get go. Yeah. From day one. Like, um, it, it's weird because my dad had played guitar his entire life mm-hmm. and I just, I never picked up on it. I never played an instrument. So right. I think he wanted me to to play guitar. Oh, I can, get, I can almost guarantee that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But then I think once he, he found out, like, he could tell that I, I just could memorize song lyrics and, you know, I could just sing along to stuff that, like, you know, little kids shouldn't be able to sing along to or shouldn't, like, recognize the words. <laughs> right, to. Right. Nothing, like, vulgar. Just, like, stuff that's, like, yeah. you know, kind of... You, you went immediately for the lyrics yeah, and the vocals. Yeah, 100%. Went straight to it. I, I gravitated towards that. And I think uh, once I started a band, you know, he didn't... He didn't really understand the kind of music we were playing, yeah. but he he got it. He's like, you know what, this is what the youth of today is doing. Like he fully knew what Straight Edge was. Like he knew what I was about and what I was doing, and so he, you know, he was supportive of it. He he knew that I wasn't out there, you know, making a mess of my life. He's actually you know, I was trying to actually do something with it. Right, you know? right. So no, he, it's it's always it's always interesting to have that parent have somewhat of a perspective in regards to like what it what it's like to you know perform on stage basic as that sounds to have an understanding if a parent hasn't gone through that like they're obviously immediately going to react just like oh be a bit oh, yeah you're just gonna throw your life away john that's absolutely. way to go dude. absolutely yeah i think i think a, a big reason why i'm still in, in music today is definitely my dad yeah it was for him i mean my, my mom's supportive too she just didn't she didn't have the 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 Frame musician, musician yeah, bug yeah, yeah. i guess you know she didn't have the kind of drive and the kind of like you know excitement for it as, as, right. as like my dad did so he was supportive of it, it was awesome uh he you know he was fully into me quitting a, a full-time job to go on tour and and, and lose money and do all that kind of you, you know <laughs> right. to start a band it takes forever man and i'd come home with no money and I have to borrow money from him and stuff and he, he he knew what the price it, it took you know so right 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 he was cool and then as you were uh so like as you started to go into high school i presume like was junior high high school is that when like independent music started to like kind of infiltrate what you mm-hmm. were doing mm-hmm I think it was a transition from eighth grade to high school is when I got the Offspring Smash and oh, I got yeah. like Green Day. I got real big into like records like that, like Dookie and right. stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, mm-hmm. like it's still on the radio. Right. You know, because it was like, that's kind of how the exposure that I got. I was like, this is like kind of different from most of the radio music and it's kind of more aggressive. Right. Bands like that were the transition into bands like No Effects and, and Minor Threat and, and, you know, Black Flag and bands like that to where it's like a more underground punk of course then it gives that, you it gives you it, it's like that that's obviously it's like the gateway stuff it gives you the taste and then like you can totally find yourself being like i need something like harder more regret like yeah. you don't you you don't know how to express it but yeah. you're just like i think i need more like i don't know where to find oh i found this and then where else do i yeah, yeah. it's like it just starts to gnaw away at yeah 100 percent. and then you know it went from that to to you know hardcore and then mm-hmm. kind of just all over the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. 
I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Were you uh, in school? Like, did you give a shit about it? Were you like, as far as like, you know, your studies are were concerned? And did your parents, you know, like impress on you? Like, okay, you need to get education. Like, you may want to do the band stuff, but you need to get education. Like, how did that all transpire? Um, and were you terrible about it? Were you like, because you, you strike me as a guy that like is easy to get along with, but like just kind of don't get in my way. Like, and not in a dick way, but yeah. just like in a, like, l- let me do this. Like, yeah. let me handle yeah, this. I, yeah, that's definitely the kind of guy I am. I think I'm, okay. you know, I, I once I get my mindset on something, once I'm like, I got this, you know, don't bother me, I got it, you know? Right, right, right. Um, as far as schoolwork, I, I, I don't know. I never really, I never really applied myself as, as much as I sh- should have in school. Sure. Looking back now, you know, it was more right. so about hanging out and kind of just yeah, getting the next by show and graduate. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to the weekend and go to shows and stuff. And I didn't get horrible, horrible grades, but I wasn't a, I wasn't a good student. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't like doing homework. Yeah, yeah I just yeah, would yeah. go home listen to music and right. go, go skateboarding. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Screw that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I never got like, you know, I never was got... It, was it like, did you try to find the level of where your parents were cool with what you got? Like, like okay, we can tolerate these grades. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. wish for better. Yeah, but, okay. that's exactly the point I was at. My parents were like, well, you're not a bad student, but you're not... I mean, you're, you're going to graduate, but... You're, you're on just, no honor roll. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You're 
kind of just going, you know. Right, right, right. So, I mean, at the, end of, at the end of high school, before I got real serious into playing bands and stuff, I, you know, I, I had been going to shows and stuff. I went to community college for, like, a year, year and a half. Oh, okay, got I was it. studying, like, computer stuff. Like, you know, I was going to do web design and, oh, sure. and all that, that kind of stuff. And That interested you at the yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, once I started playing shows, I was like, yeah, I'm Is not when, if, going to school anymore. Because was, was a Dying Dream your very first band? Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Like, I mean, because, I mean, not like a dying dream was obviously, like, revolutionary in any way, shape, or form, but you guys were pretty together for being a young band. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that band name isn't terrible. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, like, for all the band names that existed true, that True, time, true, true, true. Like, <laughs> it's not completely horrible. I mean, looking back now, I'm like, oh, man, what were we thinking? But right. it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm kind of, like, proud to say that I've only ever been in one band. I know. Dying Dream, right. my first and only band, and then we changed our name to The Ghost Inside. So I don't right. know if that... Technically counts or not? Because I mean, it is yeah. a different band. But it is, but I mean, but stylistically, it's not like you can trace the lineage. Like you can listen to what you did back then versus what you're doing now, and be like, oh, I see like components yeah. of yeah. what that was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would I would classify that as okay, band. cool. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's that's a cool feeling, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is because it usually ha- I mean, my first band was called Doom Society. Yeah, and we were we were. Uh, absolutely terrible <laughs> doing covers at birthday parties and just like and playing covers that like you know it's not like we were playing like birthday party covers we're doing like you know battery and chain of strength yeah. and it's like who wants to hear that a fucking 16 year old no, nobody no I guarantee you nobody we hardly wanted to hear ourselves do a terrible cover on yeah it. so but but a dying dream did that start to exist like towards the end of high school or like uh, after yeah once i graduated i was working going to community college and my friend's band was actually a, was a dying dream right and they had just kicked out their singer and they were like hey like we need a new singer like would you want to do it at the time i had never sang i'd I was never about done, to say you'd never yeah. i'd never done anything right like, uh, as far as i was concerned when singers would hand me the mic my voice would be terrible right right, right. yeah i'd be like oh yeah, <laughs> trying to scream along you know those are my fa- like some of my favorite parts where it's just like you hear it like you're watching a band sing along goes on just like oh yeah, yeah. and you're like oh who's who's yeah. that kid yeah that that was that kid so I was like, oh, God, how's this going to pan out for me? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I want to get kicked out of this band in like a week. You know? Right, right. It, it's crazy, too, because I remember the very first show, before I even before I even joined, they are like, we have a show in a couple weeks. We're playing um, at the Whiskey with Himsa, and I think it was Zayo, with Himsa and Zayo. Okay. And we had to sell t- like 200 tickets. Or right. Something <laughs> All of, just the best pay to play. Just, oh, exactly. Oh. You know, we like signed a contract saying we'd give them like, you know, $4,000 or whatever the, collectively it came out to or whatever. But, right. All that stuff. So my first show was like, you know, at like a legitimate venue with like legitimate sound and stuff. And I was like, I made it. Look at this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, playing on the, I'm playing, you know, in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, the Sunset Strip, bro. Yeah, yeah. sick. Famous. And I remember that show. I remember like, like I was totally fine, totally cool. And then people started showing up and then I was like freaking out. I was yeah. like, holy crap. I have to sing in front of these people. Like, right. like this isn't a joke. Like I'm not, I can't just be the kid <laughs> jumping on other kids and just, you know, right. having a good time. I have to be the one to... Right, get up there. Everyone's looking at me. Right. That freaks me out. So yeah, you're like, never... Before going on stage, I was like pacing. I was like sweating. I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Right. I was like, should I just quit the band right now? Like, <laughs> like what do I do? Should I quit <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. First show. Sorry, guys, can't do this. <laughs> you know how you, you know how I told you I could sing for you guys? Yeah, well, I can't. So About that. See yeah. you later. I'm out of here. Um, yeah, I mean, the first show was, was funny. Because you think this is a good idea when you're a kid. You filmed your first show. Uh-huh. Did you film that show? Uh, my dad did, yeah. Okay. And he was you, so proud of me. Oh, he was of course. so proud. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So you can't stop that. Yeah. the whiskey? Like, you know how many bands put at the whiskey? We just list these bands. I'm like, yeah, doubt it. <laughs> yeah, they played there too. It's, yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Because <laughs> then, then, yeah, because then you look back at that video and you're just like, oh my god, like there should never be documentation of this. <laughs> yeah. But of course, I can understand from your dad's perspective where it's like, 
Of course I have to get little Johnny Boy of jumping course, around on of course, stage. Of course. <laughs> did, did the whole family come? Or uh, did your dad come? My dad and my mom, my mom came. Got it. Um, and they, yeah, they were super, super proud of me. Like, our, all, all of our parents came to that show. And of course. It was cool. How, how much how much younger was your little brother? From- he was four years younger than me. Okay, got it, got it. But he, um, he wasn't allowed at the show. Was a little- I don't remember why he didn't come, but he wasn't there. For sure, sure, sure. He was doing something. I, he was like, I think it was when I was 21, 20 or 21. Okay. When he watched you play for the first time? Yeah. Okay. So he was around 16, 17. You know, something that I've always noticed, especially like, you know, over the past whatever, two, two and a half years. It's, it's been really interesting. Like, I mean, it's just always, it's always fun for me to watch people like yourself or, you know, like Jeremy from Touche, like whatever, all these people that we've grown up with and obviously are becoming successful in some, you know, ha- are, are achieving some notoriety be- just because like we, you know, myself, I've always felt like I've just had this like front row seat of like not only knowing the people that are involved, but then like knowing the scenes they've grown up with. And so it's funny for you guys because I feel like the ghost inside falls right into this middle ground of being not hardcore enough for the hardcore kids, but being too hardcore for some other kids that are like, whatever, you know, you're, I mean, I know you guys have toured with them, but like a day to remember, you yeah, know, yeah, or it's like, yeah. it's like, oh, you yell a lot. Like yeah. there's not very much singing. Yeah. And so it's like, I find, I mean, you guys are obviously like have become successful at being that band that falls in that crack. Yeah, yeah. But have you like, have you felt like that ever since, like, you you guys, obviously, I mean, especially from, like, when the Epitaph audience starts obviously started to pay attention to you guys. Have you felt like that band in the middle of being like, well, we're, I guess we're just doing our own thing? Yeah, right yeah, I mean, sort of. I mean, I, I've, I've always considered us a hardcore band solely because of the lyrics. You know, the, to me, hardcore is much more of a mentality and, and more of a, a, of a, of a feeling and, and, like, a sense of being as opposed to a sound, you right. know? I mean, you get what I'm saying, though, where it's just like there's kids who are just like, you know, your typical Bridge Nine kid is going to be like, oh, fucking, fucking ghost inside? Yeah, no way. Like, yeah. dude, when we, I mean, when, you know, when we announced Sound and Fury, and like, we, you know, we put that out there because it's like, oh, cool, the ghost inside is playing Sound and Fury, and it's yeah. like, what, why would they not? Yeah, yeah. It's just that, it's that disconnect for, because, I mean, I'm like you, where it's just like, like, do you actually know the people that are involved in this music? Like, you know, yeah. like, the people that make up the ghost inside? Yeah. Like, they are hardcore kids. Yeah. And by definition of the term, it should apply. Yeah. Like, there's always there's always sticklers uh, like that, you know, who 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 are so into like I guess just kind of defending what they believe in, you know. And, and yeah. I, I get that, and I totally understand those you know those kids who are so into hardcore and like you know they don't want it to get tainted and not the dude. Like I I fully get that. You, <laughs> you know? would have done that at their age, maybe hundred percent, hundred percent. And I and I just you know I I we we do kind of ride the line, you know. We're yeah. we're we're not a straight up hardcore band, you know, and we're not like a day to remember kind of band. Right, you know, we're, of you, you, you say we are in the middle and it's, I don't think it's a hard place to be. I, I think it does us more good than we think, you know, because sure. I think that kind of appeals to kids who like a day to remember, but kind of want something heavier. They're like, you know, like they were cool and I'm having a good time, you know, like rocking out to them. But I need, like you said, I need yeah. something more. I kind of want something more gritty, you know, right. and then, you know, we open for them and then there's kids who are like, you're the heaviest man in the whole world. Right, like, gonna, right. get all in, and then get all into us. And that's cool for us, you know. And we'll go on tour with, you know, hardcore, like straight up hardcore bands. And, and you know, we'll kind of impress people, you know. And, and a lot of, I think right. a lot of people who hear the name or kind of just listen to some songs in the kind of the background and don't, don't really understand. I think once they see us, you know, I think they kind of get why why we kind of ride that line. And why right. people, some people think we're a hardcore band. Some people, you know, might think we're something else. And I think it does us more good than bad. I yeah. Think. I think, and something that I've noticed too, where it's like, I think you guys have had to quote unquote prove yourself 
I mean, obviously you got to prove yourself because it's like a band that releases, you know, three full lengths and all of a sudden people are like, oh, they're pretty good. Like that doesn't obviously happen a lot of the times it takes, you know, I mean, it takes maybe a full length and all of a sudden they're the hottest shit ever. But like, I remember that, that 10 for 10 tour where it's like, I really did feel the, not even like, I wouldn't even say desperation, but just like the, the art, like we got to fucking make an impression. Yeah. And like, hundred percent. We like this could be our our moment to like legitimize ourselves in some you know semblance of a scene and not like in a like a way like oh please accept us but like yeah. we want to impress this yeah. upon these people hundred percent that's that's I think that's for us we were we, at the time we were touring with a lot of our favorite bands right Bane is one of my like all time favorite hardcore bands you know really love Crime and Stereo right. Poison the Well was on that tour Madball did a couple weeks of it like right. you know like. <laughs> huge huge bands you know yeah. we were like a relatively brand new band yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so we we went on that tour thinking like okay like this is this is a, a genuine shot for us you yeah. know we could either fuck this up or we can do it you know we could do it right we could be ourselves we could just give everything we got and try to impress people and that's what we did you know we just played shows like we wanted to play them and if kids were into them cool if they weren't then you know then i guess we just weren't gonna we, yeah it wasn't gonna help us you know i know and it, it, it's it, something that impressed me about it too like the, the way that you guys approach it it's it's very um for lack of a better term like the the bravado that because like when you do start to increase your audience like to you know what you guys are at now where it's like you can play the glass house and you can sell it out you know in these like 800 to 1200 capacity rooms there is a certain level of like um, you know, once you've got to there, like you need to be this certain thing, mm-hmm. like on stage where it's like, okay, John, like you have to, you know, say like, fuck some shit up right here or whatever. Like you do these, like, you know, you fall into these patterns, like from a, you know, a band perspective. I don't know. You, you've always seemed to like strip it away in some, you know, some capacity where it's like, you're, you you may say a few of the same things each night of a tour, but a majority of it is just going to be like, you know, you with a microphone on stage. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just this weird, like. You guys have tried to subvert that in a way, but like I don't know if that was like if that's intentional or that obviously just comes out because that's who you are. Like, yeah, I think it's more so just because of who we are, you know. Um, I think and and style style of the bands too. I, I think I think bands who get you know big, like you said, off one record, who kind of just they kind of don't know any better, you know. Yeah, they put on an album and and they're huge, and they they go from being you know this band that you know plays like kind of cool shows to being like playing huge shows, and they they don't. They don't know the steps that it takes. They don't realize, you know, the the kind of we don't need all this flashy stuff and all these, you know, these all this crazy production because we just like when it comes down to it, we just want to play for the people that paid to see us, you know, right? Like people, like I'll look into the crowd and I'll see myself and kids like going to like taking yeah. shows or going to whatever shows and being like being the kid who is just so just invested in this thing, you know, and like and like that for me is enough to know that like I want to put on the best show. Like, I want to be able to play our songs and interact with these people in the best way that I can to make sure that they want to keep coming back. And they right. have a good time at these shows and they don't feel like they got, you know, like... It's like, a, it's a genuine experience. Exactly. Because I do feel like it's like, there are certain facades that just like, you just, you put up natural, well, not you in particular, but like bands put up just uh, naturally because of either the size of the room they play or just like the way that, the way that it is, mm-hmm. where it's like... You have to, you know, say the name of the, what the fuck's up, promoter, whatever. Like, you have to say these certain things. Mm-hmm. And not to say that, like, there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But it's like, then that's when it just becomes, like, that pattern. And you get locked into something and it kind of removes you from that exact thing that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Of, like, just looking out in the crowd and being like, like, oh, man, there was me, like, seven years ago or whatever, yeah. you know? Because then it just, then it just becomes, yeah, then I, I feel like that's kind of when it becomes, like, m- more of a, you know, a task or a job than... 
the actual enjoyment mm-hmm. of the process of being in a band. Hundred percent. And I, I think that for us, like you know, like you said, we we played a show and sold out the Glass House, and we've also not you know not long before that, or even I, I think we had. Did a headline tour, sold out the Glass House, and right. then we played Aladdin Juniors as a secret show down the yeah, street from right, right, Glass House, which right. is like two hundred cap, you know, tiny room, no, no, no barriers, like whatever. Like that's like we're a kind of band that just wants to play, and like yeah. it doesn't matter if we're up there on a huge stage playing with thousands of people or in a small club face to face, you know, getting sweaty and you know bleeding with people. Like that's right. like that. It's, it doesn't matter. Like we're up that, there. That's what you. That's what you did for years and years exactly. and years before anybody exactly. cared. Exactly. 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 Yeah. You know what I mean, we did that. Like, like I think for us, it's it's we're almost blessed in the in the fact that you know we didn't put out our first record and become huge, big, yeah. successful. You know, like we we've seen the growth, we've seen the the progression, we've kind of pushed that boulder up the hill. You know, and like right. we're at a point where we're kind of reaching the top, and we're kind of like. I mean, not the top, like we're yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not like I mean. you too, basically. But right? like, yeah, exactly. No, but no, but I mean, like you know, we're reaching a point where we're very, very content with the progress we made as a band, you know. And I, right. I think that any kind of goal we've ever had at being in a band, we've far surpassed, you know. So we're kind of like, you know, kind of reaping the benefits of it now, playing playing these bigger shows and and, and kind of just staying the people we are and, and remembering what it's like to not have fans, but playing these big shows and, and kind of being like, yeah, we, we, we work for this. Yeah, we know, I'm, this. I'm proud of this. Right, right. Yeah. We you build know? this on our own and, and on our own backs and our own, yeah. our own musical vision. So yeah, we need to appreciate it. Yeah. And not to sound, you know, cocky or anything. It's just, no. we, we don't want to squander that, you know, we don't want to blow that up with like light show and these smoke cannons and confetti right. and all this <laughs> stuff. And you know, like, that stuff is cool for for a lot of bands, of and it's course. and it, it you know I, I don't know if we'll ever be that kind of band or that that is just our, that gonna that's gonna work for us. I don't right. think I think the people that like the Ghost Inside and like really love the Ghost Inside see through all that stuff. Sure, you know? they sure. they they know that we are just plugged into the amps. Yeah, plug and, and play. Here we go. Yeah, so we yeah, are. Yeah. You know, we're not yeah. we're not like a flashy band. Like, no, you know, no. like and it's just it, yeah, it's yeah. worked for us, and that's what we are, and that's what we grew up on. So. That's what you continue stick, to do. Yeah, stick with it. The, um, as you, I mean, I think almost every person that has probably done an interview with you um, always mentions, um, you know, just like the idea of like, like we were talking about earlier, where it's like it takes a certain person to tour and blah, blah, blah. And this whole idea of like, um, you know, it's you, you obviously you don't spend any time, any real time at home to develop relationships and like exist. Like, you know, because obviously as you do it more and more, I always put it like this, where it's just like, it's, you know, you're in like a suspended state of animation. You're, I mean, you're living a life, but you're not living quote unquote life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the things that you do to try to remind yourself that you exist in this other culture of like, hey, I'm like, I'm going to live a life like outside of this band. Um, do you have to remind yourself a lot about that? Or is it just one of those things where it's like, you know, kind of take a day at a time, so to speak? Yeah, I've also I've also said the same kind of thing. I've kind of tried to describe people what we do and what it's like. You know, like I would say that my life, like my life, is kind of stagnant. Mm-hmm. It's I'm the same. Oh, the you same put it spot. on pause. Yeah, you put it on pause. I'm the right. same same spot. I'm the same person I've been for the past eight or nine years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's like that's kind of weird to think about. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and there's a whole other aspect of my life that's just grown like you know just just so much has happened right that was a big part of our um our second record returners was i was i was on tour a lot we had toured our first record two years straight nonstop. you know and the whole idea behind returners was we'd kind of come back to this place that we call home you know this like what you know and the things that make home home Mm. were so different from when we left you know like like uh, like friends 
wouldn't be friends anymore. And like, you'd be like, what? You guys aren't friends anymore. Or you, you'd come back and, and you know, your favorite places to go eat would be torn down. You <laughs> yeah, know? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A new thing would be, you know, there in its place. And, and, you know, I remember one time it hit me really, really, really hard when I realized that my life was stagnant. Well, everyone else's life was still going. Right. I left for tour, you know, gave my parents a hug and kiss said, I love you, dad. I'll see you later. Come back from tour. And it's, he had gray hair. Yeah. In like a two month span of when I yeah, left, and it, right. it freaked me out. Of course, I could totally imagine. And that, that yeah. was the first time that I realized that life is not waiting for me. Oh yeah, it's 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 happening. Totally, it's it's it, life is going. Right, exactly. Whether I'm there with it or not. Right, yeah. And the the, I mean, I, I nothing is more apparent to that than when you get yanked back into some semblance of reality when like you know whatever a loved one passes away, where it's just like I mean I distinctly remember. Being in like you know the like fucking like Nebraska or something, and getting a call that you know my my uh, stepfather's father, so my grandfather uh, was dying, and like trying to figure out flights mm-hmm. to get to a place, couldn't figure it out in order to like can- what canceling dates and whatever, just like talking with everybody, trying to make it work, it didn't work. But then having that, like I said, yank you back into reality, and like having like oh t- time has time has passed, yeah. and like there's just those things of where like what. You know, like I always said, those those anchors that you try to place down at home, like in order to kind of remind you of what not like not saying that band life is not important, but just being like, well, this like this will ultimately this be where I land. Exactly. And like, how 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 do you how do you remain there while being away from it? You know? Yeah, you get so submerged in this lifestyle, you get so submerged and so like so into what you're doing that you that like you said, you kind of don't remember that stuff is going on, you know, and you, yeah. you get a call saying, you know, someone's sick and they're dying or, or, Hey man, like I'm getting married, you know, next month you come, come to the wedding. And you're like, I, I, I'm going to be on the other side of the world. I'm yeah, going to be yeah. across the country. I, right. I, I can't be there, man. Like, and it's just like, it's so hard to kind of put that into perspective and, and to be like, like going on tour is quote unquote your job. Right. And when you're not on tour, it's, I guess vacation, vacation or right. like if, if it ever could be, you know, like, like right. it's a weird thing to say. It's a weird concept. And I think that people get so, so into, into touring that they kind of, it's, it, they lose sight of what that there's a, a, a life and there's a world and that you're ultimately going to come back to this place. You right. Know? Like this isn't going to last forever, especially no. a hardcore band. And, and, and you know I, I mean? yeah. And I feel, I, I feel like so many people, like they just figure out ways to, keep that pause like you know like just be like well i'll, I'll figure this out i'll well i you know I'll, I'll go on the road i'll tech for a band or whatever and this is like there are certain times where it's like you wish that someone could sit down with them and just be like you don't need to do this anymore mm-hmm. there's other opportunities yeah yeah <laughs> because it's like then, then it's like you, know, you see that and not like there's anything wrong that people that dedicate themselves to the road because obviously those are people that are needed to make things function yeah, absolutely but then it, you you do feel that sense of just like oh man like just basic life shit you've just never experienced. And like, that's in some respects, that's probably a bummer. Mm-hmm. The concept of where you guys are at right now, where it's just like, you know, it's taken you fucking forever, <laughs> like for a long time yeah. to kind of build that to where you're at now. Like, do people, you know, do people still come up to you and have that notion that like, oh, you guys are like, you know, you're, you're a new band. Like I saw you on Warp Tour last year and like, you, you guys have one full length that, right? Yeah, definitely. People, there's a lot of people who who have gotten in the band and kind of don't know our backstory or don't know our history and yeah. don't really know we have other other albums out, you know. And right. you know, it's it's 
it's it's so weird because I feel like we're a band that uh, if you're into our band, you're like into our band, you know? Like yeah. like there's not people like I don't meet a lot of people who are like, yeah, Ghost Inside, yeah, you guys are cool, man. I'm, it's either like, oh my god, you're like you're my favorite band, like you've done this for me, like I have this song tattooed on me, like I have all your albums, this and this and this. Right? Or people who are like, yeah, it's not my thing, man. You know, whatever. Like like that's and that's fine. Like I, it's it's very rare that I meet like a kind of in between. Yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. A, yeah, you guys are cool, man. Like I got your last album. Right, you know, and that's it. So it's like it's 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 weird to to get people like you know the warp tour crowd, like you said, you know, people who have no idea who we are, just passing by, like yeah. you just get dropped oh, in the middle. Yeah, yeah. No, I like this kind of music. Let me watch this band. Let me right. buy their album. You know, and then they kind of don't research it, and they kind of don't know there's anything else to it. They're, those are the kind of people who are just like just kind of whatever about it. Yeah, it's like it's you, you know, you're you're essentially at that point, like you know, just a, a mode of entertainment, and like obviously that's needed. Mm-hmm. Like that's complete. That's why music exists Definitely. in the first place. Um, but it, it is weird for bands like you guys to exist within like this proverbial scene where like there's there's a lineage, there's a history, there's a reason it exists. Like we're not just getting up there to be like yeah. like watch us dance and yeah, we're yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, it's just it's just funny. I'm sure for you to like obviously have to um, interact with people of that nature and still and and probably you know in certain ways like force yourself to relate to them on some level. Mm-hmm. Like even though you may be so removed from like your own personal experiences to be like, okay, well I can put myself in this mindset. Let's figure this out. Let's have, let's have a genuine moment here. Yeah. yeah. Obviously like your cause your brother passed away. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean the impact that had on your life, like it, it's always, it's interesting to me. Like, cause you seem just, I mean, cause I've known you for a long time. You seem like you'll talk to anybody and you'll share anything. Um, but you also seem reserved in some fashions as well, where it's like you're, um, you have to know a person to a certain level to, you know, kind of let them in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're also, you know, you're not bashful about, you know, sharing your opinions on, you know, social networks and what mm-hmm. have you. And like when, you know, you were sharing the, the fact that your brother passed away on your social networks, it was one of those things that it kind of struck me as a, this, this seems different than what you would give off normally, normally do. Yeah. yeah. And like, just because you might, like, you may have done that, you know, months after the fact or whatever. But the fact that you like you were kind of experiencing it and like you know, did you feel like that was sort of out of character for yourself? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm like I, I'm a pretty reserved guy. You know, I don't. I, don't, I kind of try to keep uh, you know a little bit of of my n- normal life to myself. You know, I don't like to kind of go and share my. You know, this is what I'm doing today with kind of the world. You know, like that's right. not really ever been really my thing. You know, um, but my brother passed, so it was such a big deal to me that I I knew I knew I was going to write a song about it. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I like, I have to do something to, to you know, tribute. Yeah. Because how, how did he pass away again? He had uh, a heart arrhythmia. Okay. And um, he he had really bad heartburn all the time, and he had no idea what it was from. He thought it was because he ate spicy food and stuff. And right. You know, our family's not too well off, and he we we never really had health insurance and stuff. Sure. So he wasn't ever able to go to the doctor, and he was working. He was living with. Um, my cousin in Colorado, which my mom had moved out to Colorado at the t- same time. So, you know, he was with my mom kind of and stuff. And yeah, he, he just had really bad like heart problems that he, he had no idea about, you know, like mm-hmm. he would get chest pains, but think that were just kind of whatever, like you right. know, nothing, yeah. nothing too crazy. And, and the heart arrhythmia, his heart would beat really irregularly. And, oh, sure. uh, one night his heart just flat out, just stopped beating in his sleep mm-hmm. and it just never started again. Right. And so he just, so he just passed away in his yeah. sleep. Essentially had a, a I guess it's a heart attack. Sure, sure. Um, and his heart just stopped, and you know my cousin went in the room to wake him up for work, and he just. Were you on tour? At the time? I was on tour, yeah. Yeah. And then, dude, it was like the it, it hit me like a freight train. Dude. Of course, like, like bef- 
Cause pretty, because you, because I mean, you, because you, you live out here, obviously in California. But you said so your your parents got divorced. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, okay, got divorced, yeah. And so they, so your mom took your brother out to California or out to Colorado. Well, they had moved there separately. My mom had moved out there, and then my brother had moved out there uh, to for work, and he was living with my cousin. Got so it, got they it. they were there, but they weren't there together. Okay. Do you do you sense. so in California? Do you, do you do you have your own place, or do you live with your dad now? Um. Well, my my dad actually passed away too. But that's right. Yeah, I completely forgot yeah, about that. It's yeah, it's uh, it's it's all right. My uh, I live with my because um, your dad passed away after your brother, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, but I mean, when when he was out here, were you living with him? I was living with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Um. So it's me, and my dad, and then and then my brother, and my mom, and then um, I had moved into a place with my uh, my friend, like my longtime friend. Oh, okay, got it. So I, I didn't live with my dad, but we like. We lived like he lived in Hawthorne. I lived in Australia. Oh, so right, so right, like right. Same so area. Yeah, got it, got so, it. so now, so your brother, your brother passed away. How how long ago? You said uh, it's for three three years now. Three years. Yeah, and then your dad passed away like within within a year. Yeah, right? like last year. Yeah, right, right. The illustration, especially when you are you know a quote unquote pseudo public figure, and obviously you know most of your lyrics deal with obviously like positivity and like pulling yourself up with your own bootstraps and like. The ability to put on like a strong enough face to be able to like do what you do, yeah. like at the lowest of points, was it just like, like I don't, I don't even know how I'm able to kind of put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Like there, there, I definitely thought about just, 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 just walking. Yeah, you know, like you know, like life hit me then. You know, right. I, 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 and up until then, you know, nothing, nothing serious had happened. Like nothing, nothing brought me back to reality. Of course, I was in this bubble, dream state, like just like, oh, this is yeah, dude. I'm, a, I'm in Japan. I'm in Australia. Life, you know, this is cool. And then, right, you know, I, I never thought about death, and I never thought about dying. You know, I always kind of assumed that everyone that I, you know, knew and loved would be around forever, and everything would be, of you know, course. perfect. And did you have any? Was there any religious affiliations within your family at all that were? Like, uh, no, were, we weren't. We weren't like a religious. Yeah, I, yeah, my, yeah. Both my parents, you know, were, I guess, Christian. They both believed in God, and you know, did that. Sure, kind of thing. but you weren't raised with anything. Exactly, where it's like, exactly. John, you got to go to church every day. Exactly. No, yeah. no. So that I could easily see why the context of you being like. Yeah, like they'll be they'll be around until they're ninety five, and then like it'll be good. It'll yeah. be fine. I just assumed, you know, this is that just that was just my mentality, and, and you know, once my brother had passed, it, it I realized that how fragile, really, how really fragile life is, you know, and how right. how little time that we should spend doing stuff that we just absolutely hate, you know. Yeah, like you know, I'd rather be poor doing what I love than be rich doing something I hate. You of know? course. Like, I don't ever want to spend one second of this life unha- unnecessarily unhappy. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, no one's ever going to be happy all the time. No, Obviously, stuff's going to happen, you know? You, but- you need... <laughs> the the pursuit of, like, joy and happiness and all those things where it's just like, oh, like, I... Or not even that. The, the pursuit of joy and happiness in and of itself, I believe, is obviously, it's like, great, that's what everyone should strive to. But the idea of, like, fun. Like, oh, I gotta be having fun all the time. Like, yeah. No, you don't. Like, yeah. What the what the fuck do you do when fun is not there? Yeah, like you just go in this level of depression. It's like no, like it has to balance itself yeah. out. Like that's those those things that you've experienced. Like you experience because I mean, you a kid never wants to bury their parent and or a younger sibling. Those are like timeline wise, that's yeah. not supposed it's to not, work out. Yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's. It's gnarly, man. I'm and, sure it's. I'm sure these these are things that you're still wrestling around with in regards to like. Do, you know, do you feel like, oh, I wish I had that time away back from them, like in the sense of like, oh, I wish I, you know, spent more time with them. Like, are yeah. there are there any like lingering regrets from that perspective? I, I wouldn't say regrets because I know what I did made my brother and my dad both very proud. That's so right. I don't regret 
I don't regret it, but I obviously wish I had more time to spend with both of them, you know, as as anybody would. And they were both so sudden. They were both completely just one day alive, one day not. Right. You know? Like not not getting sick, not going to the hospital, not like yeah, no grieving. Right. There's no right. there's no grieving process. There's no like you know there's no acceptance process. It was just like bam, gone. Yeah. My so, life my life is utterly so. Changed. It's like it's it's that's difficult. It was a difficult thing for for you know me to have to deal with, and and, and everybody at some point in their life has to deal with death. You know, it's not something that is unavoidable to everybody. You mm-hmm. know, and it's it, I just remember that being the first time where I actually thought about like. Do I, should I keep doing this? Am I am I squandering? Like, sh- could I be spending? Should I be spending my time differently? Like, should I be doing different this life like right. a different way? Right. And like when my brother passed away, like it had broke my parents up. You know, obviously, like you never think that you're going to see your your you know your kid your kid yeah. pass away. Like, right. It's not something that you're ever going to have to deal with. No. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. So they were broken up about it and and I I talked to my dad. I was like, hey, dad, you know, like, it was just me and my brother. So I was an only child now and I was all they had. And I was like, you know, I know this is, this is hard for, for both of us, for, you know, me, you and and mom. And, you know, I'm I'm thinking about just hanging it up, you know, and just kind of just starting a family and kind of just doing my, you know, normal, right. quote unquote, normal life stuff. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, Jonathan, I don't ever want you to to spend one second of this life not doing what you want to do. Don't do anything because society makes you want to do it or because you think you have to do it or because someone else is telling you to do it. Mm. This is your life and you need to do what makes you happy. Right. 
and that was like the best advice my dad has ever. I sure. mean, my dad is a very smart guy. Like, you know, right. he gave me tons of amazing advice, but that advice in particular is what the reason why I'm still playing in the band, right. because I was going to walk away. I was right. going to be like, this is too much for me. Like, I can't do this. I yeah. cannot be away. I cannot, I cannot hear news like that ever again. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, that in a way that was like, that was basically like his permission slip to you of being like, like, no, like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you need to come home for me mm-hmm. because that could end up obviously, you know, making you unhappy and in turn, like, you know, despising your father mm-hmm. later in life, whatever, like, yeah. Have, have what, his... yeah, whatever the repercussions of it were. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. And he, you know, he was, he was proud of what I did and, and all the work I put in and he, he knew, he knew the progress that we made and, right. you know, at the time, um, you know, we were starting to work on our newest album, get what you give and right. We were signing Epitaph and all this stuff, and he was just like, "You, you can't, you can't walk from this, man." Yeah, yeah you yeah. worked. This is your opportunity. You worked right. years for this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. There are millions of people in this world who would kill to be in your position. He's like, sure. "You can't, you can't walk from that, man." Right, right, you, right. You right. got to see this through. It's great. It's great that he obviously had, like you said, had that wisdom to be able to like give you sound advice at that point, mm-hmm. and not like because you know, ultimately he could have been selfish and just be like, "Yeah, like I see what you're doing. Like, yeah, of course, come home. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want you home." Mm-hmm. But he had the wherewithal to be like, like, no, this is, you know, he had the, he had the, the appropriate perspective. Mm-hmm. And so like, obviously when he, when, when he passed, was it, was it one of those things like those words, even though he wasn't there, just completely echoed true where it was like your, your brother's passing hit you hard to where you wanted to reevaluate things. And it obviously your dad's passing, I'm sure hit you, you know, just as hard, if not harder. But then you also probably had that voice in your head where it was just like, like the, now this is kind of basically for my dad. Yeah. Well, I had come home. I had come home for a tour when my brother passed. Right. And when my father passed, I I was, I, I had literally, we had landed in Australia. Yeah. Doing one of the biggest tours we've ever done. And, you know, playing to thousands and thousands of kids. We were going on tour with a very big Australian band. Right. And um, first show, played our first show. It was great. Went to bed. Like the best mood ever. Like this tour is going to be great. Yeah. I wake up. You got... A missed call from every oh, person in my family. Yeah, and I, I knew. I, yeah, I knew. Right, I knew what it was because I had gone through the same thing. Right, it just wash over. You. I knew yeah. what it was. Right, I, I didn't go home. Yeah, my my grandparents, my my dad's mom didn't understand why I needed to be on the road. Like she didn't she didn't understand. She was like, she's like, you're not on a plane right now. You need to be here. And I was like, I was like, I could, she she didn't get it, you know. And, right, but I knew right. I knew that my father got it. I knew that my father wanted me, even with with his passing, wanted me to finish that tour. Yeah, he he was so proud of the fact that we had people that care about what I was doing on the other side of the world. The world away, right? He didn't. He would never ever want me to let them down. Yeah. He would never want them. Dude, that's fucking insane that you had to sit there and like on the phone with your grandma, and be like, I am not coming home. Yeah, like and to be like. I'm sure she was heated, like you said, yeah. heated about she it. She was, yeah, she was broken up. My whole family was. They, you know, they, they didn't get it. But my dad was kind of not the outcast, but my dad was the the only musician in the family. So sure. he, like, you know, he, yeah, he got things that no one else he did. Got, exactly. Right. So they, no one else could have ever understood. Yeah, that's just it's just insane that that because I mean, obviously, you know, when when traumatic things happen to families, you see true sides kind of come out of places that you never expected, you know, like it was just like, Oh wow. Like that's, I didn't think that person would react that way or whatever. Uh, but for you to feel that exerted pressure where it's like the person that you would be able to rely on the most, like obviously wasn't there just be like, Oh, but like he gets it. Like, yeah. He got it, but yeah. he can't like that's I, cause my father passed away like 
I mean, he, I think it's on five five years now. And it's like the times that I miss him the most are the times, because he, he didn't live in Southern California, he lived in Vegas, are the times that it's like, you just want to go to him for advice. Exactly. You just want to pick up the phone and call. I, it's, it's crazy because I've done that a few times. I've picked up the phone and t- call my dad and be like, oh, oh, yeah. That won't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's, those were the hardest, that, that was the hardest for me. Right. Of everything that happened and all the scenarios I've ever been in, instances I've ever been in, that's always the worst. Right. That always shook me. Sure. Right. Those, there's just those moments, because it's like those individual moments of like, you know, like, because for me, I always usually called my dad and like, you know, Christ, like when I was having some sort of crisis of faith and needed advice, like, or I wanted to tell him something positive, you know? Of course. And so it was like, because I don't know, that just seems like a natural father-son. Like, yeah, of course. And so, yeah, we're like when you were like, oh man, like who the fuck do I talk to in this yeah. moment of crisis or yeah. whatever? Um, and they, to kind of flip things to a more positive, <laughs> the, uh, cause I mean, obviously it's like, you're always going to miss him, but the fact that you like, I just, I think that's so special what he said to you, because like I said, it is that sort of like permission slip that just yeah. like, John, no matter what, what happens, like see this through man. Yeah. And I'm sure that gives you like clarity of mind to know that like, well, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I mean, he, he essentially said, Hey, like <laughs> he basically told me, Hey, having a normal life is going to be there. He's yeah. Like, it's yeah. not. It's not super glamorous. Right. It's like you can always come back to it. Sure. Do this right now. Yeah. You're not going to get another chance. Right. Have fun with it. Right. When it's over, your life is going to be here for you. Yeah. So yeah you're yeah. going you're, you're gonna to experience normal life. It's going to be here. Right. Whether it's now or whenever. It's yeah. Be yeah. Here. Don't worry about it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That so was, that, see- that's that's the, seriously the reason why I'm still going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's seizing that moment. And the kind of to, to wrap things up, the, um, you know, the idea that, like I was saying, where you guys are at right now, it's like, it's just, it's just weird because it's like, you look at, you know, whatever you look at a band, like, you know, Poison the Wall, as you were mentioning earlier, where it's just like, to us, that was like, when they were at their peak, you were just like, nothing could get bigger than this. And then it's like, then you see where, you know, fast forward 10 to, you know, 10 years later now to where it's like, you're seeing bands like, you know, yourself and, you know, other bands that are, you know, even much larger than what you guys do, where you're just like, like, this is insane. And like, how, how do you guys within the band obviously not let the, you know, sort of like the business pressures and like obviously the music industry as a whole kind of like, you know, tr- like wear you down to where it's just like, man, because I mean, there are many moments in your music business life that you guys could have been like crushed by that pressure mm-hmm. and just crushed by all of the shit that got thrown on your shoulders. Like, did you, you guys just kind of try to keep a level head about it? Like, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, you've been on, on both on the on the band side and the business side of, of, yeah. of the music industry. You, you know the kind of stuff that comes, you know, and it's the swings are kind of gnarly, you know. Like there's things that you never thought that you'd have to be a part of being in a like like I I want to play in a band, I want to sing. That's that's I don't want to deal with all this stuff. I don't right. want to think about this stuff and right, you know, and that stuff comes and 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 or or like or like even even on the other side of that, like being in a band and, and, and looking up to these bands and then going on tour and then kind of realizing like now that your you your band is bigger than that band ever was. And you thought right. that band was the, the biggest band on the entire planet. Of course. You know, and that that's like a it's weird to balance out to kind of like to be like, yeah, like we do play these, you know, bigger shows. We are, you know, pretty successful, but I'm still just a, a, a normal kid, you know. I, like I still, yeah, like I'm still that kid. Of course. Ten years ago, right? I was excited to go to shows and see bands and and stuff, you know. Like I'm still that guy at being the front row, you know. And it's like I don't know. It's it's just a it's it's kind of you kind of just got to take everything as it comes, you know. Yeah. And kind of just 
I think for me, I think the reason why we are as far along as we are is because we don't bind the kind of the industry standard and kind of be like, okay, well, this is the progression for you. You guys have to do this or right. this has to be your next record or, you know, you need to tour these bands or do this. And we've never kind of just kind of always done our own thing and, and told ourselves that we'll play with any bands. We'll play in front of any kind of people and we'll just do our thing. And if people are into it, they're into it. If they're not, they're not. Right, right. And right. that's the core of what our band is. If people like our band, awesome right. if they don't then that's not their thing you right. know there's no point in trying to change our sound to pick up all these other people you know yeah. like like we're not we're not we're not a band that kind of like i guess we're kind of lucky in the sense that we kind of wrote fear in the fallen ones and we did the kind of melodic hardcore stuff melodic metalcore heavy whatever right. you want to call it right stuff and then it got popular yeah 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 you, you got know? you hit you hit a crest of a wave that was able to kind of exactly yeah, yeah. and it we weren't a band that was following a trend, you know? right? And we we got l- lucky in the fact that that's kind of where music had headed, right? Know? Yeah. And you know we owe a lot of it to to you know our peers and, and bands, you know, in the same genre as us, and not kind of just you know making the music that they do and, and kind of getting the people who necessarily would never listen to the Ghost Inside right. into us by you know by you know the transitive property. Uh, yeah. I like this band. This band is kind of sounds like this band, kind of into this band. I like. Ghost Inside now. Right, right, right. You know, and it's like, for us, that was a big thing, because we toured, our like, one of our very first tours, we toured with metal, metal, death death metal bands, and right. we were like, what are we doing? Is this even helping us? After a while, we saw, you know, these, these metal heads kind of coming to these shows, and, God, this, like, this is going to be terrible. And then we'd come back on our next tour, and those same people would be there. Wow. You know? And it'd be like, whoa, like, we are, we're making fans doing this. <laughs> like, this worked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like... We just kind of had the same, just the same kind of well, I, mantra, I guess. It's kind of just yeah. play our songs, and if people are into it, they're into it. If they're not, there's no sense in trying to be like, "Oh, we can change for you. We can, like, we can we can make it work. We can right. make it so you like us." Like, well, I think, and I think that like that that really comes through, like that sort of core mantra, because it's like <clears throat> for anything you guys do musically, whether or not it's like, "Oh, hey, I'm gonna have clean singing on this one song on the record," or "I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna th- this is the way that we're musically evolving." It doesn't seem forced, and ultimately, I think people not only in the timing of the music that you guys are playing, but I think like people at this point, especially from just like the larger sort of pop culture perspective, people are looking for like honest visions where it's just like, you know, you look at a, you, you look at something like, um, you know, whatever, a person, a stand-up comedian like Louis C.K., where it's just like, you know, I mean, the dude has been in stand-up comedy for 30 plus years. And now people are gravitating towards him because it's just like, Oh, he's showing us what he really is on his television. Show. Yeah, yeah. And like that honesty. And it's like, I think that it's really important for bands to kind of have like just that, like you said, that core mantra, because you do see a lot of it just get very easily uh, thrown away when all those other things start to kind of infiltrate. Where it's just like you know, a band just immediately throws aside like any sort of you know feelings of attachment to a scene or like where they came from or whatever for you know fame and fortune. I use that you know in air quotes yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, so it's like I, I think that's like kind of the you know the honesty is what people are injecting into you guys and like feeling projected out back towards them, you know. And so it's I mean it's just cool to see that all kind of manifest itself, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, man. It's, uh, it's it's been it's been fun. It's yeah, been, it's been good. It's it, like I said, I've far surpassed anything I, I've ever thought I'd ever do in the music industry, right. and, and, and to be as far along as we are, it's, it's really incredible. Well, all you wanted all you wanted to do was play the Elsa Gunn Teen Center. That's, seriously, all I wanted to do was play the Teen Center for my friends. That's it. That's it. Everything else was just like, oh, weird. I guess we're doing this Bonus, now. dude. <laughs> Bonus. Well, I really appreciate you hanging out and coming over and making this happen after months and months of missing each other. I know. I am so sorry, man. You don't even apologize. So that was John. Great guy. 
it's funny because I try to think of a, a different descriptor for all of these people that I have on the show, but they're all great. They're they're nice, and it's just nice to be able to talk to a person and have them obviously turn off any sort of like press quotation soundbite and just just have that conversation so the ghost inside is going to be touring and they'll probably be in your city like next week or the week after that they're relentless when it comes to that so check everything out i personally really like the band and what they do and um now that you have a better understanding of john hopefully you will like it as well visit 100wordspodcast.com propertyofzack.com the editor for this episode is tom richfield he's he's just the greatest i wish i could hug him on a daily basis but um alas i can't he's he's in the United Kingdom, so um, and I, I don't even know if he would like that every day if if I were to hug him. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Until next week, everybody. Some amazing shows coming up. We have Steve Brodsky from Caven, Mutoid Man. We have Dan Lampton from Real Friends, and oh, so much other awesome stuff. So I can't wait to share with you, and I'll talk to you next week. Be safe. I know. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.